Hey everybody, it's Matt Wallace doing an AI every day for you. Today, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about chat GPT and function calling. And I guess to a certain extent, just the integration of LLMs and things like that with the broader world. So a couple cool things um, that I'm going to end up throwing up on the screen here for you. First of all, if you didn't, weren't aware, right, ChatGPT has a plugin functionality. I think that they're transitioning it from beta to production right now. I'm going to throw up a screenshot right now. There was a particular reason I was trying to find uh, which airport to help someone, one of my in-laws, uh, travel through as a layover where she needed to do an overnight layover. And I was trying to figure out if LA or Oakland was the better one, which one was cheaper. So I asked ChatGPT this question, which airport has the cheapest hotels on the night of um, 9-11-23, LAX or Oakland, and use the kayak plugin. So you end up being able to look at the API calls and actually see what's going on. I'll show you a little clip here of an API call. It's interesting because it lets you dig in, obviously, and see what's going on. So that leads us to the recent OpenAI update for GPT. And uh, first of all, they actually announced some newer versions of the model. There's going to be uh, the old version of GPT-4, which I believe is the 0316 version. It's not totally top of mind. It's getting replaced by one that got updated in June. I've seen at least one person say that some of the results they got with the newer version are demonstrably worse for their use case than the previous version. We're not talking about GPT-3.5 to GPT-4. We are talking about two different versions of the same model. And I can't remember if they were going from GPT-3.5 to the newer version of that or GPT-4 to the newer version of that, because both those models are getting updates. But it's going to be interesting. There's a toolkit that OpenAI has that helps you do some comparisons for that. But the GPT-4 update that's come out includes this thing called function calling. And function calling allows you to define a set of functions for ChatGPT that it can think through some logic, essentially, internally as part of a model and go, are these functions that are defined useful in answering or assisting the user with their question? So if somebody says something like, what's the weather like right now in Denver? ChatGPT has no idea. But if you've defined a function, and this is the one that I'm going to show you on this, the screenshot here, which is directly from the OpenAI documentation. But if you had a function that could then go look up the current weather, obviously ChatGPT would go, okay, if I have a weather API and they want to know date, and uh, or duration because it's tonight or tomorrow and location then ChatGPT is definitely smart enough to extract things like what is the user saying in terms of a date and it can send those to the api and then get back the answer and it'll then use the answer to create something for the user some of the examples here is send email that's useful because now we're talking about if you're defining a tool that's using OpenAI and somebody gives you, uh, say, an ability to do most of the things that the chat GPT does on the web interface, but you also can just say, oh, great, mail me this conversation or mail me those results or email me all of that information or whatever, you could make that call. And then you can see here, they've actually got a thing where they say extract structured data from text. So they, their example here is extract data string, birthday string, or a SQL query. What then gets interesting though, and uh, this is what prompted me to want to talk about this today, is just that it actually gives you a super, 
strict way to define a format that ChatGPT has to stick to. And by the way, if it wasn't obvious, there's a linkage between what's going on with the plugins and the function calling, right? What happens when you pick a plugin is each plugin has a set of functions that are defined for that plugin. This is why ChatGPT will only let you select up to three because they have to use a bunch of the context window, you know, the number of tokens that you can send to actually send the functions to the model. So you're picking at the web interface, you're basically telling it, these are the ones that I want to use. Each one has a bundle of functions that gets applied, um, and then it can call those functions. So that having been said, I, I saw this really cool tweet, and I will put this up on, again, uh, on the screen feeder read. Um, this person on Twitter, Scott Condren, you basically used a function in a very cool way to essentially force ChatGPT to return an output that was very strict. So one of the things that you run into when you play around with this with pure text prompts is that every once in a while, ChatGPT is a little bit disobedient about what you want back. I certainly have done more than my fair share of output things and do it in this format. And I've told it to use Markdown, I've told it to use JSON, etc. Possibly just because of the nature of training and the fact that it's fuzzy, there's a little bit of variance in the outputs. And because of the fact that it's trained on real world data out there, you get odd effects sometimes. Like you tell it to only print code, but it wants to print three backticks first, or you tell it to print code with no comments and you get a little blurb about what code it's printing, even though you told it not to, or you tell it to print markdown and nothing else. And you get the markdown and then you get a commentary after the markdown, all kinds of stuff like that. The interesting thing about functions, though, is that because they are relying on you using the output from the model to then go make a function call and you expect to have exactly the correct inputs, it works totally differently. And you can see here he's done a positive, negative and neutral as the only choices for sentiment, which is really cool because now in theory, you're going to be able to extract the value you want. So this is a cool series of revelations and what I think it points you toward that might be interesting is to think about how these sort of capabilities cause us to integrate things like LLMs with a broader world. If you've read Peter Demandis's book, The Future is Faster Than You Think, there's some really interesting theories on what's going to happen with AI. You're on your way in your autonomous car to an event and you accidentally spill something on your shirt. And so you tell your AI on your personal device to basically figure out where you can get a replacement shirt. And your AI understands your preferences and it starts shopping for you. And it does all the work of figuring out what could you buy? Where could you buy it? What's it going to cost? Is it available right now? Where can you get it? It wants to be somewhere along the route from where you are to your destination. So you can add a stop for your autonomous vehicle. It's a really cool, a little bit far-fetched because there's so much complexity to it, but it's a realistic if you get to a certain point, but it's a somewhat far-fetched thing. But you know, if you're starting to do work on uh, tools, AI tools that leverage LLMs, guess what? That's the future you're helping build, right? Ones where AIs like ChatGPT can basically be integrated in the workflows of life. And if you think about it, there are just so many things. I am 100% sure, and I feel like I have read one that's on its way. It might have been a Reed Hoffman's new startup, but there, there are definitely some big personal AIs that are on the way. They're going to do things like take notes from your activities and your meetings. They're going to know your preferences and they're going to start dealing with things for you. 
In the micro, there are a lot of things that do this in smaller amounts, like the gentleman who runs Do Not Pay, for example, has been working on AI tools to help do things like automatically unsubscribe you from services that you don't want or ask for refunds or negotiate down your cell phone contract. Um, it was an amazing demo that he did where he showed um, a browser wired into ChatGPT with some automation, opens a conversation with one of the cell phone providers, their little chatbot interface, and starts saying they want a refund. The LLM carries on that conversation until, guess what, they've got $10 off their bill every month. So those types of things become powerful. But of course, in this case, in the micro, I think what's really immediately useful is this idea of using the function input to create a very structured output that you can um, extract that value from. So that having been said, I'm also back from my vacation. So I'm looking forward to doing some more of these. Please subscribe, follow, um, and I will bring you some more cool things happening in AI uh, right away.